How's it going tonight, everybody? We are Run the Real featuring Mike, Terry, Fox, and Dan. And we're back with another mystery. No, it's not if Mike can actually do the intro right, but it's uh, <laughs> what will we give the movie Clue, our final whodunit movie? All the clues led up to this point. Do we have a clue? <laughs> I don't know if we have a clue or not. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, we've been working through this whodunit category, and this is actually our fourth movie in this category. We we had to nail it down on four this time. We didn't just do three. Yep, that's how dedicated we are, everybody. This was our finale. Dan and I uh, requested this be our finale. The Clue movie from 1985, which is like based off the board game Clue. The first board game movie, I believe. And I'm sure everybody's played Clue or at least knows what the board game is. You have all these different characters and you go around to these different rooms and you ask people, be like, I think Miss Scarlet did it in the library with the candlestick. And if somebody has the card, they have to show you, you know. So all those characters are in this movie. The story's a little different because it has to bring them all together. But we do have all the characters in here, and they have the iconic weapons, and there is multiple murders. Yeah, there's a ton. <laughs> a lot more than I expected. So Clue was directed by Jonathan Lynn. Um, it was released in 1985. Currently on IMDb, it has a 7.3 out of 10. Metascore hates this movie, and it has a 36. On Rotten Tomatoes, it has a 62% tomato meter. And an 86% audience score. And this movie stars many people, including Eileen Brennan, Tim Curry, Madeline Kahn, Christopher Lloyd. Um, those are the big four they have there. And I would say, you know, this movie is kind of cult classic-y now. That's what I saw them saying about it. I, I gotta say, I was kind of... Uh, I, I would never have been aware of this movie if I hadn't seen the stage play. This could make a good stage play, I bet. It really... Feels like you're watching a stage play. Oh, thank you. I'm so glad it's not just me. It does feel like a community theater put this movie on. It does. It's kind of fun. It's got that campy vibe to it a little bit because of it. And you can tell that the actors are just up there having a blast. Uh, specifically, Tim Curry. You can tell that guy is loving every minute of what he's doing up there. Man, I thought he was going to die right away. I'm so glad he lasted around for the whole movie. Oh, I know, right? Tim Curry is a national treasure. Yeah, he needed to carry the movie. Yeah, really. <laughs> sure, I did really like Christopher Lloyd, though. He was cracking me up. If you don't know who he is, he's the scientist from Back to the Future as well. Who does he play in this? He is Professor Plum, the real horny guy. Oh, that's right. The psychiatrist. He picks up Scarlet right at the beginning, and they get up on the doorstep, and he just puts his hand right on her butt. Like, immediately. Like, jeez. And I was like, Doc, no, <laughs> what are you doing? Man, he does that a number of times throughout the movie. It'll be like, pan behind the group and he'll have his hand on someone's butt. <laughs> yeah, I guess. So what do you guys think of Clue? Just initial thoughts right off the bat. You know, I hadn't seen this before. I'd seen the stage play a couple of times, which is also a musical. And it, it uh, it's not a, it's not quite like this, really. <laughs> I think my, my benchmark was a little off for what I was expecting. So wait, were you expecting worse or better? I don't know, I guess. You know, the, the musical is very in line with the board game and that everybody has these goofy colors. 
and they like have these goofy scenes in very specific rooms with like the murder weapons and this felt more like a movie with a plot <laughs> which i guess you know in hindsight maybe that's what i should have expected <laughs> a movie with a plot yeah yeah i don't know I, I guess i don't want to be like the downer again i was just expecting it to make me laugh a lot more than it did i didn't really find it that hilarious some parts were good but like i don't know Maybe I'm just not a big comedy guy. Maybe I'm slowly realizing that about myself, but... I think that's it, Terry. I don't know. I think I concur with TV on this one, you know? I love Christopher Lloyd and Tim Curry, but outside of those two, I was not cracking up that much. It's like... Maybe it's the time period thing, too. I think it might be 80s comedies, because it feels like they're just throwing everything at the wall, and there's just, like, no, like, space to breathe or anything. They're just, like, quick wit remark, quips, just quips, 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 and it's like... All right, okay, we're just throwing anything we can think of here. It, I don't know. That's just how I kind of felt about it. I didn't hate it. I'm, I don't want to make it sound like I hated it, but I was definitely a l- lot more jokes that I was just like, heh, for me at least. Yeah, I get you. It takes a while for this movie to really get on its feet, I feel like, and get going. Like up until probably the second murder happens, the movie is kind of slow and in getting into the style it gets into. But when I think back on this, I think of... When Tim Curry's running around, he's like, I know how they did it. And the whole cast is following him, and it's got the goofy music. <laughs> and he's like, she ran down the hallway with the knife. And he's running with the knife and almost stabs one of the people. <laughs> yeah, that was the best scene, I think. <laughs> That's when I think the movie starts going. At the end? No, yeah, he's right. That's when it starts going. That's when it picks up. Well, a little bit before that, I would say. Like, when people start coming to the house is when it starts picking up to me. Wait, so the beginning... People besides the other, uh, the main cast, the driver, and then the cop, and then the, the telegram girl. That was pretty funny, too, when she just opens the door. That was so random. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, after the introduction where they're they're setting up that everybody's connected and we learn why they're all there, that's when it starts firing on all cylinders and gets pretty funny, I think. And then it's just nonstop from that moment on. It just takes off and then boom, you're at the end and it's been really fun. It was Dan with the gun on Run the Reel. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> on the podcast. Oh no. But yeah, I definitely get where you guys are coming from. I've seen this movie, I think, four or five times now. And each time I watch it, I like it more and it gets a little goofier for me. But yeah, the first little bit of this does drag. I just really felt like. Like when they wrote this movie, they wrote the end with Tim Curry running around all the different endings first. Then they were like, now how do we get it to this point where Tim Curry can be dashing around and everybody else follows him along like some kind of cartoon train? (laughs) How do we get there? And then they wrote like the rest of the movie. Because for me, that was like where I felt like it really figured out what it wanted to be and the vibe it wanted to give. I don't know. It's it's a goofy kind of comedy and it's got that throughout i'd say like i feel like it doesn't quite hit the level of like naked gun or airplane with that absurd slapstick humor but everybody has all these goofy like corny gags and quips they're throwing out all the time but nothing ever like you know moves up to that slapstick level i don't it just feels like it's kind of a weird place to me like they're Like, it's a stage play, right? Like, they're bound by the laws of the stage and not the laws of the screen. Well, it does really feel like they just put it uh, a stage play and filmed it because they're in one setting, the whole movie, 
if you don't count them driving up there. There's only a few rooms. The whole cast is almost together the whole time. And when they split up, they're together in pairs. And it just really has kind of a stage play vibe to it. I did like that mansion, though. That mansion was cool. I kind of wish they would have... Well, they do explore it quite a bit, but... Yeah, we get to see a lot of the rooms. It was cool. I really liked it. Yeah, it was a cool... uh, With all the secret passages and stuff. It's the classic. What you imagine, yeah, like a murder mystery mansion to be. I love how they introduce it when uh, Professor Plum and Miss Scarlet are driving up there. And it shows it in the background with the lightning and it illuminates it. Then (laughs) Plum's just stopped and staring at it. (laughs) And Scarlet's like, what's wrong? And Plum's like, the car stopped. It's afraid. It's so funny, I thought. Because, <laughs> like, he stopped just so they could capture that on the film or something. <laughs> it's kind of a fourth wall breaking type humor thing I thought was pretty funny. <laughs> but it sets the house up good because it's a very ominous shot, even if it is spoofing that type of thing from murder mysteries. I do wonder, and I wonder if you guys know anything different, but there are a lot of parallels between this and Knives Out. Like with the mansion, the whole cast of characters who are kind of goofy and they feel like clue characters as well, but just more developed. I don't know, do you guys get that at all? With I think maybe this is one of the first movies that kind of set up this actual like murder mystery in one weird house with secret passages and colorful cast of characters on screen. I was reading the uh, the IMDb trivia earlier, and they were like, this is one of, you know, how many were there, like six or seven other movies that are like black comedy murder mysteries in a big mansion. Oh, yeah, here we are. Whole bunch of them. Haunted Honeymoon, Murder by Death, The Spiral Staircase, Private Eye, The Cat and the Canary, House of the Long Shadows, and Bloodbath at the House of Death. Oh, I like that last one. Oh my god, that sounds awesome. So they're all like in huge mansions and like done in this similar style, apparently. I guess it's almost, it is the whodunit genre. This is like the golden age of it. They all took place like in the 80s or? The 70s and 80s. Oh, okay. Somehow we've missed everything in the golden age up until this one. (laughs) Well done, everybody. We really hit the mark on this uh, whodunit series, it seems. Yep. (laughs) I mean, it's kind of hard because if you Google whodunit movies... I didn't hear any of those other ones in there. I didn't see them besides Clue. No, not at all. You're right. I I mean, Gosford Park was in there, and these other murder mysteries weren't... Maybe they weren't very good. I don't know. You know, if this one is like the slapstick whodunit, Gosford Park is like the ultra satire realism whodunit. They're in a huge mansion that does have secret passages. And the host does get killed twice. That's oh, true. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. I do wish that the characters were actually wearing their get-ups like they do in the actual board game. Because it kind of makes it hard to tell who's supposed to be who until you've seen it multiple times. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, why weren't they wearing you know, just like the classic colors? That would have been awesome. They could like even just come up with the names on the spot. Like, okay, you're wearing yellow. You're Colonel Mustard. It would have fit in really well, too, because it's a very in-your-face type of humor movie, so. They bring in all the murder weapons from the game, I'm pretty sure. Even, like, if some are, like, more gypped than others, I feel like I'd be so disappointed. It's like, oh, 
I got a rope. And these people got guns <laughs> and knives. Hey, they strangled somebody with the rope in a noose that wasn't like actually able to do that. You know, I always wondered in the board game, like how the noose was like a viable murder weapon compared to all the other ones. And I guess this movie really <laughs> showed me how. <laughs> they proved you wrong. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's you. They know me. They know every inch of my body. <laughs> it's a goofy scene. I mean, why did she even say that? She probably thought that everybody saw the pic those negatives of her, and the they just didn't recognize it was her. Oh, that's a good point. That's true. I didn't think about that. Yeah, everybody's kind of connected a little bit. It gets a little messy, but kind of fun. I did like that, though, when they were figuring. I kind of wish that would have taken like longer for them to kind of figure everything out. Like, we're all from D.C., we're all this or something. Like, when they're splitting off, maybe they could have talked. Because all that I found really kind of interesting. But they kind of get that all the way at right at the beginning. I did very much enjoy all the, like, Cold War Red Scare jokes. <laughs> out of all the jokes, those were my favorite. Communism. It was a red herring. <laughs> so I guess, like, the big thing I knew about this movie was that it has multiple endings. Oh, you knew that going in? Yep, yep. I'd heard about that. So that was kind of different. Did they do that in theaters? Did they show different endings for different people? Or did they just show how they showed on the when you rent it and show all of them at once? They show different endings in different theaters and cities, and then they put them all together on the DVD or whatever. Yeah, and some DVDs had it to where you could do a randomized ending, so you just click it, and it'll pick one for you. Which I do like. That That gives it some rewatchability, or like if you'd seen it at the time and one of your friends saw it, you could argue about which was the right ending and stuff that's kind of pretty cool i think not a lot of movies do that i could have gone for that yeah having like the option to like see it with one ending i think it's a good idea yeah but it also feels like oh it's just, they kind of leave it vague on purpose so they can just give anybody the the motive and stuff which you know like it, it could it doesn't like lead in one direction necessarily because like at the end it's just oh and it was actually this person they could like just pick and choose whoever they want at the end which, I don't know, it just, maybe it feels like a little cheap or something. I, I might have preferred it as kind of a, a singular experience. They do give good enough reasons, though, for everybody and all the endings. And I do think they filmed it with the the third ending in mind, where it was um, everybody <laughs> killed somebody else. That ending fits the best with the style of movie it is. You get the best line from Mr. Green. Yeah. <laughs> I did read there was supposed to be a fourth ending where Wadsworth, Tim Curry, poisons everybody back in the beginning and they all die. Oh. oh. I'm glad they cut that out. <laughs> yeah, I think the last ending was the best one where everybody's just going nuts. Everybody does it. Makes more sense. I forget, was that the one that was getting kind of dark, where Wadsworth was like, I propose we put all the bodies in the basement. <laughs> he says that like twice. Jeez. <laughs> Wasn't a big fan of the Miss Peacock ending, where she was orchestrating it all. That was the worst one. I feel like she's like an older woman, and for her to be dashing around the house to do all these things in a matter of like 30 seconds seemed pretty improbable. To go down the stairs and back up the stairs after doing everything downstairs and get back into the room and scream. What if there was another secret passage? Ooh. Ooh. The ultra super secret ending. She had to 
kill the cook because she made her favorite thing. The monkey coconut brain or whatever. Yeah, what the heck? <laughs> monkey brain. My favorite recipe is monkey brains. Whose favorite meal is that? Maybe it's good. I've never tried it. I mean, I probably never will, if I'm going to be honest, but... You gain the power of the monkey if you eat its brain. Ooh. <laughs> did feel like they were a little confused about how to do the Colonel Mustard character. Like, sometimes I felt like he was, you know, a smart, wise old man. And there are times I felt like this guy was just, like, the ultimate meathead moron. He acted like it until he got found out. Yeah, he works with, like, what, nukes or something? Nuclear physicists? What is it he does? Next fusion bomb. I did like most of the characters in this. I feel like some are better than others. Like, Mrs. Peacock, I don't think, really gets a lot of chances to do much, which is maybe why I thought her ending was the most improbable. <laughs> Mr. Green doesn't really do a ton. Oh, I do like Mr. Green, though. <laughs> I like it when they're in the the lounge and he's reading everybody's crimes and green's like i'll just say it <laughs> i'm a homosexual and just keeps g going on and tim curry's looking at the paper like what, <laughs> what is this? <laughs> this is not what i had here <laughs> was one of the better scenes yeah. <laughs> which i guess was kind of a clue as we may find out at the end here well, what was his real deal do they ever tell you? That he's an informant for the FBI. So that's what he was going to say on the piece of paper? But it's like during the Red Scare, so obviously that's a super bad thing because you pretend to be people's friends, then you give them up to the, like, Communist Committee and they throw your friends in jail. Hmm, okay. Which, yeah, while he's being portrayed as the hero, obviously is not a particularly great piece of American history. <laughs> <laughs> not our finest hour, but, the, you know... Yeah, I guess I just wish I thought it was funnier. I don't know. I had I kind of maybe I hyped it up too much too, but I just seemed like yeah. I don't know. It felt like even like com comedic timing wise, like there just isn't like the editing. Like it's just like joke to joke to joke, or like they don't pause or anything. It's just ugh, I don't know. That's just my biggest problem with it. I think I'm no expert in comedy though. I could be using all these terms wrong, but it's <laughs> just something about it. Think of all of the you know film art genres comedy is probably the most subjective so everybody likes different things when it comes to the comedy I, I don't know i like the comedy a lot in this once it got going they do i'm gonna butcher it but they do this um recurring type of joke where the characters are like talking about one thing and then it's implied that they switch to another topic, but then someone chimes in and's like basically corrects them because they assume they're talking about the first thing they were discussing because nobody like formally introduced the second thing being discussed. So they do that a lot, and that's a lot of where the that uh really quick snappy dialogue and joke transitions come from. And I don't know, I like that. I think that's pretty funny, partly because I like to do that to people too. <laughs> There's something you pick up the more you watch this movie. The dialogue is actually really pretty good and clever. It's very witty and snappy. You don't pick them up in your first viewing. Well, and part of that's because they're spitting them out so fast. I just need some room to breathe, to process the jokes. Like, I hear these jokes, but yeah, I don't know. It doesn't give me a chance to like, develop in my brain before they've already moved on to whatever turn of phrase they're going for next or offhanded comment they're saying. 
just not my thing. I get that. You want it to breathe a little bit so you can appreciate the joke before going on to the next one. I feel like they got to nail it, you know, like it's just got to, they got to be confident in their joke. But it feel, to me, at least it feels like they're just kind of like, all right, here we go, here we go, here we go, you know, just like this, 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 one of these will get them. Yeah, I think that's not your favorite style, but I also feel like this movie felt like it landed somewhere. It has that snappy, old-timey style of dialogue that a lot of older films and comedies use, but it's not a goofy, crazy, off-the-wall slapstick like Airplane or Naked Gun. But it's also not like a rom-com, snappy, witty, like Breakfast at Tiffany's. It's somewhere in the middle. I don't know. I, I just couldn't figure out where it landed in the scale of things. Maybe if it would have leaned one way or the other a little harder, yeah. Like if it would have gone a little more like full-on comedy or full-on, or like still had the funny stuff, but maybe like toned it down a little bit. I might have liked it more, like maybe more focused on the mystery, but had that comedy in there a little bit still. I don't know. Yeah, I'll agree. I know personally, I tend to prefer these older comedies better than what we have been getting in the past 20 years. Um, I don't know why, but you take a... I like to hate on Seth Rogen. I despise Seth Rogen's movies, okay? The guy's actually kind of funny outside, but when I think of Seth Rogen, I'm like, uh, what was that, Sausage Party? Like, those are the comedies that he's pumping out now, and people love that. Him or Will Ferrell. I hate almost every movie Will Ferrell's in because I despise that kind of comedy. It's like, people yelling isn't funny. At least I don't think it's funny. People love like Step Brothers and Talladega Nights and that kind of stuff. And I just think it's a bunch of people yelling explicatives and it's not clever or anything. It's just people acting stupid to be acting stupid, which I don't like at all. But that's just, I get that that's a personal taste, you know, because I just don't find a lot of the comedies that come out today where they're like raunchy party comedies. I, I don't find those funny at all. I really have to kind of struggle to think what the funniest movies I've seen and that were released in the last 10 years. The first ones that came to mind were Get Smart and Deadpool. It's really hard for me to think of movies that have come out that I actually really think are super funny in the last little bit. There's a ton of super funny TV shows, but for movies, it's, it's a lot harder. And so when it comes to movies, I tend to prefer these older classic comedies like what Fox was saying, Naked Gun, Airplane, uh, this kind of style. And Kangaroo Jack. Oh, uh, yeah. Kangaroo Jack is great. <laughs> I'll say this. I like Kangaroo Jack better than this movie, probably. Ooh, uh, interesting. Probably. I don't know. I'd have to watch Kangaroo Jack again. And do I want to do that? Mm, I don't know. Answer to that is always yes. Yeah, say, do we have a new category coming up here? Is it time for comedies? I feel like that would just turn into us uh, memeing each other and quoting <laughs> the entire movie. But we've already been doing that, so. Yeah, might not be the most fun listening experience. It's like when people <laughs> quote the movie before you like the scene even comes up. Oh, I hate that. Oh, God. I watched this movie with my friends back when I was in community college and they, they'd seen this movie like a hundred times. It was the first time I'd seen it. And they were literally just quoting the entire movie before like the joke even <laughs> landed. It was driving me nuts. Like I just like got up and left. Oh, I was like, no. Man, that's how it is to watch Step Brothers with someone. It doesn't seem to matter what you do. They always, everybody's constantly, I don't know. 
Hmm. I remember that being pretty funny. I liked mm. that back in high school. When was uh, The Big Lebowski? See, I didn't like that one as much first, but then I watched it again and I liked it, so. Yeah, it's it's one of those movies. The more you watch it, the funnier it gets. Like Napoleon Dynamite. Okay, now that's a classic movie. <laughs> Nobody say anything bad about Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> Don't you talk. But the more you think about it, the funnier it gets. It's true. I don't understand. <laughs> it's the slow burn, the slowest joke in existence. You watch it and <laughs> no you're like, that's joke. stupid. But then later you're thinking about it and you go, huh. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, it was funny. I, I feel like this movie does kind of have that effect too. Like this was, I think I can't remember. This is either the fourth or fifth time I've seen it. And each time I do enjoy it more and I pick up more of the lines and that kind of stuff. I've just been trying to find ways to quote this uh, line that Dan's going to say at the end here. <laughs> but I do like this movie. It, it's fun. It is fun. It, it's a lot like the board game, too, in a way, because it's got all the characters. It's got all the weapons. They go to most of the rooms in the house. And then, like, at the end, it simulates when people are getting close to figuring out who's in the little envelope and they keep dragging you across to the room when you're trying to go to somewhere else. And it's just, it's just a lot of fun. Like there's not a ton of downtime in the film. It's just constantly moving and um, looking for things. And I'll, it does a pretty good job. I'd say it's a lot better than like battleship or, <laughs> or whatever else we got. That's a board game. Yeah, I guess that is probably its biggest achievement for me, at least, is that they actually made a semi-decent movie out of a board game. That's pretty impressive. I'll give them that. It's had me wanting to play Clue for a while here. Man, I'll play Clue whenever. That's a fun game. But we're all, like, quarantined, so... <laughs> I was, it had me looking up on Steam. They have Clue slash Clue Do, the classic uh, mystery game. What? Is that a Scooby-Doo crossover or what? I don't know. Oh, we had the Scooby-Doo clue. It was awesome. Uh oh, looks like somebody got killed with the lead pipe. <laughs> it was <Right>? shaggy. <laughs> I just needed a Scooby snack, man. <laughs> but yeah, it does a good interpretation of the game, and it, it's it's fun to watch. Like Mike said, it's it's one of those. It's like Knives Out in a way, where it's like. It's one I'd turn on just to have a good time watching it. I do feel like this is a movie that's better to watch with other people as well. That could be. Maybe. I mean, my girlfriend and I watched it together, and both of us were pretty much like, jeez, at the exact same time, every time there was a bad joke. Aww. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Which, maybe that did make it a little better. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's free on Amazon Prime right now, so. It's better than half the stuff that's on there. <laughs> Are you talking about Velocipaster? We've been watching too many of these, like, B-movie things on there, because now it's, like, suggesting all these weird, bad movies like Sorceress, Death Sport, all this. Like, it's all showing up recommended for you on there. <laughs> My Amazon is all kinds of messed up. That's why I love Prime. It's got all the weird stuff on it. That's what I like about it. Well, we keep getting... Way off task here, so <laughs> I think it may be time for overall presentation. Time to lay this one to rest. What's this I found? 
four different categories to rate movies with? What could oh. it mean? We got burn it, we got pass, we got watch it, and we got buy it. I think it's up to us, us four hosts, to decipher the clues and choose what we think this movie deserves. We'll give our own ending to this review. Yeah, four alternate endings. <laughs> Man, I was just thinking, you know, if you transpose every second letter in there by a multiple of seven, it spells Mad Mike Goes First. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. He solved my clues. Fox was running down the hallway with the uh, the calculator there, <laughs> <laughs> multiplying by seven. So, I'll, yeah, I'll just jump in here before any other shenanigans happen. I, I like this movie a lot. I prefer these older comedies. I feel like they're just really lighthearted and fun. You can just kick back and have a good time watching them. I will watch these over a lot of the new comedies any day of the week. I feel like this one is really kind of a cult-like movie, and I would agree with that. And I would give this a buy it. You know, I'm glad I don't have to buy it. And then it's on Amazon Prime and it's been on there since I've had Amazon Prime for like years. But if they released, you know, like a fun Blu-ray of this, I would buy it. I do enjoy this movie. I'm in a weird place with this movie. You know, we, we've mentioned those gold standard slapstick films a couple of times. And we've even reviewed one of my favorite classics. It's a mad, mad, mad world. And this one, I just, I don't know, I can't, it just didn't feel to me like this movie really decided that it wanted to be in that same category of comedy up until the end. It felt like it was trying to be something else, like, I don't know, It's a Wonderful Life up until then with the goofy back and forth witty quips. I'm not sure I had a great time with this one, watching it. Was a little bored up until the end with Tim Curry running around. You know, my gut instinct is to give this one a pass. You know, I, I, I might watch it again someday personally because it might get funnier every time. I do enjoy Tim Curry and having watched uh, Rocky Horror so many times, I feel like I almost have a Stockholm Syndrome for it. So maybe this could be the same. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, this one, I'm just, I don't know. I mean, my, my gut says to pass on this. I just don't know. I, I, there's other things I think you get a bigger laugh out of from back in the day. And I feel kind of bad for saying it. But sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've been pretty down on this movie too, but honestly, I didn't hate it. I thought it was okay. It's either I'm not a comedy guy, but I think it might be more of the era. 80s comedies generally I don't think are as funny, like Naked Gun, blah, 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 Airplane. Those, that, just that style of humor. And this kind of has that similar style where it, it kind of has, yeah, just the quips, the quips, the jokes, the turns of phrases, whatever. Um, so I swear I do like comedies. There's a few I like, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> just on the show so far they have not been entirely my cup of tea like i think it's decent i do think there are moments that make me laugh tim curry does like ramp things up to the right amount towards the end there he really is just going nuts and i really like that i i'm kind of in between i don't know if i want to give it a pass or a watch it i think i think i'm gonna give it a watch it because i did like think some stuff was good in there but i don't know yeah if i would like ever necessarily want to watch it again we'll see maybe someday but i'll just give it a watch it for now it's probably worth checking out but maybe just hope for the best i guess i don't know <laughs> <laughs> that's not the greatest way to end up. <laughs> that's a pretty optimistic uh hope for the well, best. you sold me i am in man i think i've mentioned it on the show before the naked guns my favorite 
um, comedy movie. I love the 80s style of humor with all the Naked Gun movies, Airplane, Monty Python, Mel Brooks, all that good stuff. That's that's my favorite type of humor because it's it's witty, it's clever, and I just I just prefer that over a lot of what we get now, which is a shame I think because it's only rarely we get a movie like that that comes along, and this does fall into that category. It is a little slow to get going, I'll admit, and some of the humor may not set well with today's audiences too. But that you you can decide that on your own if you want to watch it, I guess. Um, but I do I do like it. I think um, not every joke lands in it, but not all jokes land in pretty much every comedy movie for the most part. So I can forgive it because the ones that do land are really really funny, <laughs> and I like the witty dialogue and banter between everybody in this film. It made me laugh quite a lot, and it's a it's a good adaptation of a board game which captures the spirit of the game having a good time with your friends and actually like running around all the different places and um, trying to figure out who done it dragging everybody along with you the multiple endings ideas is good too especially for this type of film it makes it fun and then back in the day i think it would have been cool to discuss it with other people be like, this is what happened. And then they're like, no, this is what happened. And then you figure out that they filmed it three different ways for the end. That's clever. And it harkens back to the game again, because it's going to be different every time you play it pretty much. So I like this one quite a bit. I think I'm going to give it a buy it as well. All right. So would this be a, a watch it? Why not? Pretty close. We have two buy it's a pass and a watch. It should average out to watch it, I think. I feel like, yeah, that averages out there. Run the reel certified as a watch it. I mean, yeah, that's a good point, though. Yeah, it is probably the best board game adaption. I don't know of many, but that has to be said. It has to count for something. Well, what do the clues point to? Where are we going next? Now, that is an excellent question. I've got another kind of mystery in mind. Oh, what's that? One of much deeper, darker leanings with much higher stakes. Ooh, I like the sound of this. I'm thinking that I might treat myself this time around to Burn After Reading by the Coen Brothers. I have not seen this one. That's right, we're doing a treat yourself category. That's what we're doing next. If you didn't catch it. Yeah. <laughs> I've decided we're treating ourselves, boys. <laughs> Sounds good to me. We're doing it. Picking whatever we want. That'll be nice. Off the rails. No holds barred. Yeah. We'll burn whatever we want after reading. Or watching, if I have anything to say about oh. it. Ooh. Oh, no. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Whoa, there. Ah. Whoa, there. Nah, I, th I think I remember liking this, so <laughs> we should be good. <laughs> Ooh, am I the only one who hasn't seen it? I think so. Yeah, I've only seen it the once, though, you know, and it's been a few years. I've seen this one twice. I'm ready to watch it again. You know, Coen Brothers films are just ones that I don't, like, watch. I don't know why. I just don't get to them. I know. I feel like I should, but I never do. Yeah. I always like them, but it's like I never would just watch them, it seems like. Yeah, I always kind of forget, you know, like, from the great... Like, I shouldn't forget. They're, they make good movies from what I've heard. But, yeah, for some reason, they always, like, 
are never on my list whenever I'm looking to pick something. But yeah, so uh, if any of you listeners out there have any requests or anything, you just want to reach out and talk to us, you can hit us up on Facebook or on Twitter at Run the Real, or you can even email us at runtherealpodcast at gmail.com. We want to hear from you. Did you like Clue? Did you think it's a good board game adaption? I would guess you do. There's not many of those out there, but (laughs) (laughs) am I crazy for not liking the 80s comedies? Do I just hate comedies? Let me know. I don't understand. (laughs) Hey, don't help them. Who was that? That's a mystery to solve. You know what we should do with him, Dan? What's that? We got it. Get him out of here. Bring in the chief. The chief? What? No. All right. Okay, chief, take him away. I'm going to go home and sleep with my wife. <laughs> yeah. We did it. God. <laughs> Finally fit that quote in there, huh? <laughs> you can't stop it us. The quote. <laughs> a great way to end that movie on a, on a, on a great joke. He had to send me to jail to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Is, that, is it worth it? Sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do. His sins against Kangaroo Jack will stand no longer. No. <laughs> it seems my past has caught up with me. Is that a clue in Mad Mike's pick for Treat Yourself? Oh, no. <laughs> you may be spared. I did watch it two days ago. <laughs> of course you did. Oh. <laughs> well, thanks for listening to us tonight, everybody. We really appreciate it. This is Run the Real, signing off. Mm-hmm.